0: tuning in today.
1: What's going on? We hope you're having a great day. we got another awesome show for you.
0: Yes. We interview Colin Wilford and Colin is a clinical psychologist with 27 years experience in marriage and relationship counseling. And using his knowledge and experience, Colin has created an online assessment to help new and existing couples understand their potential success or distress and what they can do about it.
1: And that's exactly what we talk about today. We talk about the 10 factors that he's put into this online assessment and really 10 factors in determining a successful relationship according to Colin and what he's found through his 27 years of experience. So we go through each of these factors and how we can think about them, how we can work on them, what to do if, you know, we're like, Oh, we're really screwed in this department. Uh, Colin has some great tips and insights into how to to begin to work on it and frame our relationships. And he uses examples from his own 27-year marriage and obviously through his work to uh, inform his discussion today.
0: And a lot of these uh, key factors that he talks about, we've actually done you know individual episodes on over the last eight years of podcasts, over the last 300 episodes. So we'll try and link to some episodes that bring more information on, for example, empathy and communication and connection. So if you guys want to learn more, um, check out those links in the show notes or in the podcast description. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Colin. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Hi, Sarah. Hi, Chase. With 27 years of experience in marriage and relationship counseling, we think you've probably learned a thing or two about what makes a relationship successful. So we wanted to kind of have a general discussion about the key factors that you found through your work with couples and individuals. Boom. that will help us make our relationships more successful. So let's dive in and just maybe start with some of the things. uh, We don't necessarily have to start with the biggest factor. (laughs) We want to maybe save that, but maybe some of the preliminary things that that you've seen through your work.
2: Sure. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. You know, when I first started out as a um, relationship and marriage counselor, um, I was quite big into, you know, what is the personality? What Are you more of an ext- extrovert or an introvert? And what what makes people get attracted to other people? And obviously, there's the whole physical thing as well. But over all this time, I've definitely um, learned a little bit. I think I've, I've tried to observe and tried to take notice of what works and what doesn't. And I've definitely come to the conclusion that it's not about personality. It's not about having the same background. It's not about even being in the same culture. Although those things to help, they certainly do help. But I've actually come across 10 key areas or, or factors that I found to be essential in not only connecting with somebody, but maintaining a relationship and making it work. I've been married for 27 years myself and I have three kids. And my wife and I are more in love now than we were when we first met. So it's there's really a way to make it work well, and it seems like you guys are pretty much there as well.
1: Well, let's dive in, and and it's interesting that you've also been practicing since you got married. Married, so same yeah. kind of journey along that. But yes, we are excited to to hear the things that you've found. Sure, sure, sir. So, I think my wife
2: has taught me a lot. You know, I, I might be the expert, but she's definitely the <laughs> the one who's taught me um, some of these things as well. And so, I've actually just created um, an online assessment which covers these ten areas, and I call it the uh, Connections Relationship Compatibility Assessment. And let me let me run through them, and, and feel free to to dive in at any time. Um, It's a brand new tool. I've just come up with it. We're still building the website. But the first factor um, on the list is just communication. And you might think, well, that's an obvious one. Um, But, you know, we we got into the habit of every night at bath time. And this this might sound a bit funny, but we have a chair in the bathroom. And my, my wife likes to jump in the tub. And when she climbs in, I actually sit on the chair and we talk. Um, you know, all throughout our marriage, even though we've had young kids, they're all out the house now, but we would, we would have this bathroom time to catch up and communicate. And we knew every night um, that was the time. That was the time when I had a turn on the chair. And then when she got out, I jumped in the bath and then I had a turn to chat to her about, or her to me as well about what's been going on just for that day. So communication is, is, is key. And we, we have to be in the habit of effective communication, and um, the second element is empathy. You know, we underestimate the the power and importance of really trying to understand um, what our partner is going through and what our wife or husband is going through. It's not good enough just to go, "Oh, that was that's terrible." I'm sorry you had a bad day. <laughs> but when we actually get into, "Wow, that." that feels awful. That's frustrating. That's, that's annoying. Um, and they feel understood. Empathy is such a, a powerful component in maintaining good relationships. The third one is we measure narcissism and I'm sure in your experience as well, and certainly in mine, as, as I've seen marriages break down, um, when we allow egocentric, selfish, and controlling behaviors to, to get into any relationship, that is, that is most definitely a relationship uh, killer. Um, so that's the third one. The fourth one is um, emotional expression. Uh, this is different to communications. Um, communication is just general, talking about the day and everything that happened, but emotional expression is, um, is such an important component because I need to tell you how I really feel. I need to tell you what's really going on inside and and to try and have an understanding as to what I'm feeling and what you are feeling. Um, Then the fifth factor, and each one of these factors make up the word connections. It's actually a unique spelling. It's C-O-N-E-X-S-I-O-N-S. So that's the connections. And the X factor is actually the, the, uh, the next component. Now, the X factor is the emotional and physical intimacy. And in the assessment, I ask some very direct questions. In fact, you know, it's, some people are surprised at how direct those questions are. But um, basically, we have to be connecting emotionally and physically. And we have to be talking about these things as couples. We have to be understanding what our partners need. And it's such an important part in maintaining a healthy relationship the next factor is all about stress. How do we, how do we deal with stress? You know, how do we manage um, the stresses of our work and of life and of raising kids? And I find a lot of couples, obviously, when they're coming into relationships, they bring with them um, a whole host of you know, their family dynamics, their relationships with their parents, um, they bring with them all these issues which show up in the uh, relationship, and how we deal with stress becomes an important factor, like my wife and I as an example she she struggles with stress and she really you know struggles to maintain composure during stressful times whereas i 'm able to control that i 'm able to manage that, and she turns to me for for advice and strength because she struggles through those, those stressful times. The next one is interest and hobbies. You don't have to have the same interest and hobbies. Um, that's a bit of a fallacy. My wife is an artist. I'm not an artist. I can't even draw stick figures. Um, I like to do mountain biking. She doesn't like mountain biking, but the point is we do like to do some things together. So, we enjoy hiking, we enjoy um, going on trips. we enjoy vacations together. obviously, you have to but but you can find hobbies and interests which you connect on, but it's also important to have interests and hobbies that are different um, because that whole concept of re- maintaining your independence in a relationship is extremely important. You know, one of, one of the um, uh, famous therapists, and she was a Swiss um, psychiatrist. And uh, she said that the, the best definition of love is two independent people choosing to share the majority of their life together, but never losing their independence. Um, and I thought that was interesting. So getting on to the next one, um, it's what I call optimism. And I like to assess this when I work with couples is how how positive, how optimistic, how um what kind of energy, you know, do these individuals have? And you may have noticed this as well, but you know, some some people have this negative energy about them. They have difficulty remaining positive and optimistic when life gets difficult. And if you can manage that, and if you can be aware of that, and if you can um, strive towards being more optimistic and positive, and focusing on the negative, and basically, um, yeah, just uh, bringing the whole mood down. Then we have needs, and I refer to financial needs here. Um, there is nothing more stressful. For most marriages and couples, when they have financial trials and they have um, financial challenges, and so um, basically, we have to be on the same page when it comes to say you know saving money, planning for the future, talking about finances, talking about expenses, and this is often a topic we don't really address when we meet people you know we just fall in love with how they look, we fall in love with how they make us feel and their, their characters and and how we connect. And so we feel like this is going to be a wonderful relationship for the next 50 years. But then when the financial stresses come in, um, sometimes the best of relationships fall apart. And then the last item is a spiritual connection. Now, some, some couples I've worked with say to me, well, we don't have any spiritual interests, so that's not really relevant to us. And that's fine. I mean, that, that could be um, something that they both agree upon. But can you imagine if one of them was more spiritual in the sense that they have a philosophy they live by and they, they, they meditate and they, they pray and they do all those types of spiritual things and the other partner can't really connect with that or understand that? Um, and so I think it's an important topic to discuss when we're looking at you know, relationships and being successful. So those, those are the 10 items um, that make up the, uh, what I find to be important in relationship success.
0: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it
1: Well, thank you for sharing and we have a lot of questions. So let's start at the top with communication. And you mentioned the time every day you and your wife have to, to sit down and talk about the day. And one of the things, obviously we've talked about communication a lot on the show, but one of the things that comes up is maybe over communicating in that a lot of times it's, it's negative a weight on the relationship. So can you talk maybe about your personal experience and, and your wife's daily practice and how to make sure that that communication is not disjunctive?
2: So that's such a good question. And let me, let me touch upon the, uh, the concept of over communicating. Um, there are certainly, there are certainly individuals who talk too much and it, and it becomes irritating. So let me give you an example. Um, I saw a couple yesterday and while, anyway, the point is while this guy's at work, while this guy is doing what he needs to do during the day, she literally phones him like 20 times and she just wants to talk about what just happened and who she spoke to and, um, what she heard on the, uh, on the television or what she heard from a friend and he's like, hey, honey, I just need to actually focus on work now. Um, Can you actually just back off a little bit? And she's like saying, well, hey, I need to tell you everything, don't I? I need to tell you everything I'm thinking, feeling, and isn't that part of a healthy relationship? And that's a good example of over communicating. Um, Sometimes we, we need to talk less and and wait for the right moments because, you know, people's lives are busy and we have jobs and we have other things going on. And, and very often, um, and you might find this interesting, but I think it's important for couples to sometimes have thoughts that they always just keep to themselves, that their partner maybe never gets to hear about because, you know, they could be hurtful, they could be difficult thoughts. Um, and so if we over-communicate everything we think about, that could also um, unnecessarily, you know, kind of capsize or sabotage a healthy relationship.
1: What did you tell that person, you know, that, that wants to over-communicate that it's damaging the relationship? How can they take ownership of their, their thoughts and kind of keep things to themselves and process it outside of the relationship?
2: I just try to. Explain to her that the, the effect of that um is not, not always positive. Just try to share with her that you're building up frustration in your in your husband. You know, he is trying to focus on on his career. and um, she has a career too. It's not like she sits at home and waits for him to come home. She uh is a financial advisor, she has a, a busy career, but she literally picks up the phone every half an hour. Or if she if she if she can, even you know, less than that. But so I just explained to her the effects of what overcommunication communication does, how it leads to frustration and, um, you know, it interrupts the, the guy's focus, it interrupts what he's trying to do. And it actually makes him a bit resentful. It's like, well, can you just leave me alone? Can you just actually stop talking so much? Um, because he feels like he's not being effective in what he's doing. And so I just, to directly answer your question, Explain the consequences. um, Help her understand that there's an effect. It's a negative effect, and there are times that we should set aside, like that bath time, um, to communicate and to then, you know, speak about whatever happened that day.
1: Let's talk about the X factor of emotional and physical intimacy. And you mentioned uh, that the questions in your questionnaire are very direct. can you maybe give us those questions and help our listeners frame how how their physical and emotional intimacy might be in their own relationships? Sure. So just some examples of some
2: of the questions. Um, I won't go through every one, but like, for example, I ask um, in the assessment, um, is your partner's sexual and physical satisfaction important to you? Um. Another question is how how unselfish are you in that moment you know do you actually see to the needs of your partner or do you only think about your own gratification? Um, are you attentive to to what your partner is needing and feeling um, even though you might not feel like being in that moment and those types of questions which are very are very direct and very sort of pertinent to what is the attitude about intimacy? You know, I speak to couples, and isn't it common where, <laughs> um, where the, man, the man goes, well, hey, we just, we just never have enough intimacy. And the wife goes, well, we have plenty of intimacy. We, we talk all the time. We, we connect. We, we, um, we share feelings. And it's like, no, I just, I just want to have physical intimacy. I, I, I miss having that. And so basically it's, it's asking those kind of questions. You know, what are your attitudes to that? Um, how often is enough? Um, if I can be so direct. Um, what works for, for both of you as a couple? Um, what doesn't work? And, um, when I do pre marriage counseling, I I get into these kind of questions. Well, what are your expectations? You know, how realistic are your expectations? And what does your partner feel about that? And how comfortable are they? with their bodies, with their expression of, of um, sexual needs and those kind of things. So it's all those types of direct questions, if that answers your question.
0: How often do couples really need to come back and readdress some of these Categories, because, for example, you know, intimacy may change over a twenty-year relationship. Intimacy needs, or their interest in hobbies. So, how does that play out in a long-term relationship?
2: Well, it always changes, and you, you're exactly right. I mean, um, my wife and I have been married for a long time. Obviously, patterns change, um, circumstances change, but I find it extremely important to keep talking about these things. Um, Because although frequency and patterns and circumstances change, we can't just not speak about them. We have to be addressing them. And so I do have couples who uh, come back to me and go, well, hey, we actually a bit frustrated right now. Um, All started great, everything was fantastic. Um, It was like a forever honeymoon, but now we Well, I'm, whoever's speaking, I'm frustrated. I'm not sure I'm happy with what's going on. And so I try and explain that up front, that uh, it's always going to change. That's just part of a long-term relationship. But if we stop communicating and we stop um, finding out what our partner needs, that's when we start to have breakdowns. Um, There's like a, a cycle of trust, as I call it. And um, the beginning of that cycle is a discovery of needs. You know, what do you need? What what am I not giving you? What am I not meeting? And then when we understand those needs, we then advocate or we discuss how we're going to fulfill those needs and what is going to be mutually agreeable for both both couples. And if we keep that pattern going of discovering and then supporting and advocating and discovering, and we keep discovering, That's what keeps trusting and healthy relationships alive.
0: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earning actually does. Our sponsor, Earning, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per day pay period max and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hey, Love Tribe, I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? And you want to feel truly heard or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner or do you just long for those fun giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a strong stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock.
1: Let's talk about the factors of dealing with stress and optimism, because to me, there can be a common thread of, let's say our partner is not good at dealing with stress and and, and or they're also not very optimistic. They can be a bit negative. How can we go about addressing that with our partner and supporting them and just navigating those situations?
2: One of the um, examples that I've seen working is um, this particular couple a um, his wife um, was falling into this trap of always being negative, always critical um, and I encouraged him to to have a conversation um, what we call a crucial conversation, and that is where does this come from what what is the origin of this? Tell me about how you go got into this pattern of negativity. How did you get so comfortable with always finding fault with, with whatever's going on around you? And so it was discovered through her personal experience that, um, she had very critical parents who, um, were always finding faults, always telling her where she's wrong. And, um, basically it was a, a case of just perpetuating the, the bad habits, um, you know kind of modeling what your what your parents did and how they raised you and how how life was for you and so it's funny how we continue those patterns and how we continue those habits almost as a way to try and fix the past, but sometimes it's just simply because that's all we know and um, and we are so used to always being critical and finding a problem with everything and so we then just try and encourage a a changing of the uh, the rhetoric, a changing of the the patterns, a changing of the habits, and get them to practice. You know, positive speech, positive interaction, um, positive assessment, and just you know, when you when you find your partner being overly critical about everything, I would encourage uh, that person to go, "Hey, is there another way we can look at this? Maybe it's not all bad. You know, maybe there is a positive side to this." And so we get into the habit of having a different conversation. And um, that's just some of the practical things that uh, I would recommend.
1: And the same could be with with stress, yeah?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, stress is really about perception, isn't it? It's really about how we're perceiving something. Um, If there is a dog charging at me um, and it's a Rottweiler, that's gonna be a bit stressful because I I perceive this huge, big, ferocious animal coming at me. But if it's a little chihuahua that um, basically is no more than um, six inches high, my perception is very different of that oncoming threat. And so it's really about how we see things, how we understand a situation. If one of your your partner, your, your companion loses a job, one might perceive that as, well, this is a wonderful opportunity to find a better one. Whereas the other perception is, this is awful. Our life's come to an end. We've got no income. We, our income's been halved. Life's going to be awful. And so we become very stressed out by that. And so in, in stress management training or, or stress management um, education, I always try and get people to change their perspective, to change the angle they're looking from. Because if they can do that, uh, they can actually manage that stress a bit better.
1: In how can a partner be supportive if our partner is getting super stressed out and it's like, hey, is there another way to look at this? You could ask him that. But then sometimes it seems like there can be a line where you're then just trying to change your partner in a sense
2: sure so that's that's opening up a whole pandora's box because um we know that successful relationships learn that you don't you can't change your partner you can't change them uh, to become somebody else you know there's a lot of there's a lot of truth and wisdom in in accepting you know where they're at and who they are but my um retort to that is doesn't mean we can't refine and improve it doesn't mean we can't better ourselves and become better partners for whoever we are in a relationship with and so getting back to the first part of your question, um, you know when when that individual starts to understand that hey maybe i'm maybe I am just bringing everything down and I've had discussions like this with so many people. And they do gain that insight. They go, you know, actually, you're right. I I do kind of bring the whole mood down and I I need to, if they're humble enough to accept that feedback, they agree that they need to maybe think differently and make some adjustments. Um, And so the partner needs to be supportive. The partner needs to show empathy, one of the things we discussed earlier. The partner needs to show understanding and say, hey, I understand that the way you see things right now is just very negative and it's and it's all fall down and everything is so bad but i'm going to try and be optimistic i'm going to be, try and be the one to um to actually find a solution here so so work with me let's try and do this together and um you bring where you're at and i'll try bring where i'm at and you're going to try and get through this together and if you have that approach you know it can be quite effective
1: you mentioned earlier a definition of love that you heard of being two people sharing a life but not losing their independence. How can we practice that?
2: My wife and I are at stage now where we have this empty nest syndrome going on. Um, All our kids are at the house, it's just her and I. Um, Every Tuesday she goes to art. Um, Every Friday afternoon I get off work early and I go for a bike ride or I, I go drive up the canyon and just kind of spend time by myself. Um, and so, what we both encourage each other to do is whatever you feel like doing, whatever you enjoy doing, where you don't necessarily need your partner with you, go and do that. And go and do it weekly, go and do it daily if you have to. Um, you know, my, my wife has a close friend who's a neighbor, and they go walking pretty much every morning. Um, can you imagine if I was a husband who said, hey, no, I, I need to come with you guys. Um, you, yeah, I, I, I don't like that. And and then tomorrow, she is spending the afternoon with friends. They, they're going off to a market. And, um, and I need to respect that and step away and say, well, do that as often as you want to. Because that's just for you and you and your friends. And so it's respecting and recognizing that as individuals, we have... Um, relationships outside the marriage. We have friendships. We have interests. We have things we like to do. I'm more of an introvert, as hard as it may be to believe being a psychologist, but I am an introvert. My wife is the extrovert and she always wants to have people around and sometimes I find that uncomfortable. And so um, I make sure that I spend time on my own um, so I can get my own energy from being on my own where she gets energy from connecting with other people. And so we just respect that space. And I think it's vital that we understand what each other need to do and to allow them to do that as much as they need to.
1: Well, thank you for that, Colin. And I think that's a great way to wrap up. And thank you for sharing all of these key factors. A lot for us and our listeners to think about. Before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And if there's anything that we skipped over or maybe you want to emphasize? Sure. So
2: I currently run a business called Wilford Scholes, um, and the spelling of that is my last name, which is W-I-L-F-O-R-D, and S-E-H-O-L-E-S, com. And um, if you go onto that website, you will find me and, and all the contact information. Um, in addition to that business that I run, which is training and, and testing and people development, I then also am involved in a private practice which um, basically we I see these, these clients and patients. Um, so yeah, that's the best way to contact me. We, we're still trying to create this new website for this connections assessment. It's brand, brand new. And so that is not finished yet. But um, my wilfordsgoals.com is, uh, is the best way to get hold of me. And my email there is um, colin.wilford at wilfordsgoals.com.
0: Wonderful. Well, we'll have the link to your website um, in the show notes and in the podcast description. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today.
2: Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And if you need any any further input or help, just let me know and I'll try and add some hopefully information that you can use.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idupodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day Happy Couple Challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship and it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner it's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it so check it out and while you're on the website There are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week.